Everybody loves an underdog. And today we're going to talk about a couple underdogs who are finding success with your Vancouver Canucks. Coming from a couple underdogs ourselves, it's Begsy, it's Bowen, and you're listening to Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello there, and thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer and part-time credentialed media member for Daily High Vancouver. I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And before we dive into today's show, we want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, where the best way you can help us grow is to listen every day and subscribe and sometimes comment. We're cool with that too. Yeah, you gotta uh, comment. Kyle, let us my know. My co-host, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm chilling. Uh, look at me, double double fisting in the morning because Ooh. there's stuff to do, man. There's stuff to do in the studio. What, you, what today. are you double fisting? Americano and a hot cup of water. <laughs> what? What? That's a that's a, well. I mean, Americano is just hot water and like a little espresso, right? So, but you want to like dilute it with more hot water? No, I'm, I'm kind of confused. I'm just a hot water type of dude. Okay, uh, let me know in the comments mm-hmm. below if you actually like drinking hot water too. Okay, it's the top of the show. Let's run through some of the. Uh, I wouldn't say the best comments, but the you know the comments that kind of got me thinking, and you know, you know, just just get back to the people, right? Get back to the people. What, what do we got first here? What do we got first here? Okay, one of the first comments is hi from New Zealand. Shout out to that dude, man. What's his name again? Murray Reed. Shout out to that dude, okay, from New Zealand. That's dedication. Maybe he moved there from Vancouver. Maybe he just been watching the Canucks from New Zealand. Who knows? Who knows? Let us know why you're a Canuck fan. Why not? That's cool, man. International love for a team that's never won a Stanley Cup. (laughs) How does that happen? How does that happen? I don't know. I don't know. What's the next one we got here? Oh, Fantelli. Fantelli would be sick as heck. Trevor, is is, is this dude... This good because I had someone else comment on a TikTok as well about this guy, and I know I'm all about Bedard. Maybe you can, maybe you can just you know make me feel better if you know we win the lottery, but we only get the number two slot. Yeah, I mean Adam Fantilli for a while there was outscoring Jack Eichel, so Jack Eichel was basically playing university hockey in his draft minus one season, and, and right now I mean Fantilli, holy, holy crap! I just pulled the numbers. He has 56 points. In 31 games for the University of Michigan. And I mean, this guy, wow. again, he's draft eligible. <laughs> I mean, that's that's unreal. So, yeah, I mean, like Rutger McGrody uh, was a first-round pick last year. He's playing on the University of Michigan. He has 29 points in 34 games. He went 14th overall last year. Adam Fantilli is almost outscored him at a 2-1 to rate. So, I mean, when you say yesterday, you would be disappointed if the Canucks drafted second overall. I mean, because... For yes, in yesterday's episode, in case you weren't tuning in, we did our first draft lottery simulator uh, in this iteration of Locked On Canucks, and the Canucks ended up moving up from second or seventh to second place. And I know Kyle, you were disappointed about that, but I'd be pretty stoked about getting Fantilli or even Matt Bimichkov as well, who was actually ranked second overall in the Athletics' most recent prospect rankings. So okay, um, okay, yeah, Fantilli would be a great ad for this team. Okay, okay, you're making me feel a little bit better now speaking of which one last comment right 
it's the, it's like com- becoming a little bit of the, a theme of the show again. I'm losing I'm losing Travers some fans here, some subscribers because of my voice. Let's pull it out here. I get all my hockey info from the he said something really bad there. This guy's a douchebag. Okay, Michael La whatever Kerm- the the Kermit the Frog who pretends to, like he gets all the ladies right. Well, you know what, Patrick Mahomes he start he sounds like Kermit the Frog too, right? So Patrick Mahomes, Kyle Bowen. You know, Kyle Bowen yesterday kind of like elevated, got closer to Patrick Mahomes because of that comment. And, and that comment that I made about people making fun of my voice and me not being insecure about it because I've had women in my life. I'm not, dude, no, come on, but Kyle Bowen, six out of ten. I'm not I'm not saying that they're flocking all around me. I'm just saying that maybe I would be super, super insecure about this voice if if that number was zero. You know what I'm saying? Cause, you know, survival, it's who I am. It would be an issue, again, if uh, the ladies had a problem with it. But come on, man. Listen to this voice. You, you know I could. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Come on. With the ladies. Yeah. You could know, you imagine I, me flirting with the girl I, with this voice? Come on, man. You know it would work. I don't want to pump your tires because, <laughs> you know, I think your ego is big enough. But I've, uh, I've, I've seen you in the flesh uh, with your wheeling and dealing in person with the ladies. By the way, happy International Women's Day. Um, to all the ladies listening right, right now, Shout out and to the for ladies. the men listening, make sure you treat you let the ladies in your life know, uh, and wish them a happy International Women's Day. I mean, I was reminded by uh, my wife as she was walking to the door this morning. She's like, "By the way, it's International <laughs> oh. Women's Day, so if you want to get me some flowers, that would be nice." So, um, Flower Man Bowen, I don't know if you have you, you get your lady more more flowers than I do. Yeah, um, probably because I- I've been in a longer relationship than you. But um, I don't know if you have any any advice on what kind of flowers I should get. Like, what what budget should I spend for International Women's Day? We're in a recession, you know. So like that flower count that I've been doing for my girl. Shout out to my girl. It's definitely been low, and I feel I feel for it. I feel for it. But yo, rent and the recession. It's it's tough. My advice would be to pick your own flowers. You know, do do that. Do that. The effort counts. And my advice would also be to start talking about the Vancouver Canucks for real. It's a Canucks show, okay, Trevor? It's not, it's not a Kyle Bowen or Trevor Beck show, okay? It's, it's locked on Canucks every day, for real. Yeah, and, and, and as we get into this episode, off the top, I said we want to talk about a couple underdogs, and I, I do want to bring them up probably in our next segment, and that's Dakota Joshua Nils Almond and the success they've been having under Talkit. But you kind of touched on it quickly there, Kyle, uh, with Adam Fantilli, and I was really thinking about this more after yesterday's episode. If the Canucks were going to move up into that number two spot, you know, who do you think they should draft between Adam Fantilli and Matthew Mitchkoff? And I, and I know you're going to say, I, I haven't watched enough of these guys. Mm-hmm. And that's fair. But you think about it. You have an electric Russian winger whose electric. closest comparable is Nikita Kucherov. Oof. And on the other hand, you have Adam Fantilli, who's just almost looks like a complete centerman. I mean, again, we're talking about comparisons in terms of scoring. So Maddie Beneers was the second overall pick to the Seattle Kraken back in 2021. Uh, he had 24 points in 24 games. In university hockey and he's killed in the nhl this season adam fantilli is performing well beyond what maddie veneers is doing so i think if the canucks are going to move up into that number two spot i think it's a really interesting debate between fantilli and mitchkoff and i know some people might make a, an argument for carlson but who would you who would you prefer would you go for the center who's producing at a high end or would you go for the talent of Matt Faye Mitchkoff well, who projects as like a Nikita Kucherov? Well, bro, the big question here is what do you mean by almost center, almost a full-time center? Well, what are you talking about there? What does that mean? Cause that's a, that's a big, that's a big point right there. We don't need another fringe, you know, we don't need to say that we hit, we're deep down the middle 
with one of those guys making us deep down the middle being way better at wing than he is center. You know, we already did that with JT Miller. Like, what do you mean by almost a full-time center? Yeah, I think that's probably a poor choice of words. Uh, I was trying to make the point that, you know, Fantilli plays center, and obviously that's a more desirable position, but perhaps Batfei Mitchkov has more talent, right? I mean, again, we talked about it yesterday, how he's setting records as a rookie in the KHL right now. Um, he's scoring at rates beyond what, you know, Ovechkin and Malkin were doing at the same age, you know? So, uh, again, this guy, he's draft eligible. He has nine goals and 20 points in 27 KHL games. Um, and I know he's playing for a not great KHL team in Sochi. Um, but again, he's he's putting up points. And it's, this is a hard league to put up points in. The top guys in the league are just a little bit over a point per game. So, I mean, Mitchkov's got all the talent in the world. And again, you got a guy who's comparable, according to the Athletic, is Kucherov. Um, and Fantilli, he compares to Jonathan Taves. So a bit more of a complete hockey player. But I think it's just a fascinating debate if the Canucks do, you know, Go with our mm. first draft lottery simulation prediction and end up going number two. And for whatever team goes number two, I think it's a fascinating debate over whether you take Fantilli or Mitchkov. And I know the Russian factor is going to play a huge deal here, so I I, I really do think it'll be Fantilli that's taken. But uh, that that athletics ranking from yesterday had me thinking otherwise. Because do you can you pass on a player with Mitchkov's talent if you're that number two slot? We'll have to wait and see, man. It's it's going to be curious. And look at this, man. Starting the show off just dreaming, bro. Dreaming. The Canucks have been winning games. They're, what, 5-2-1, and 5-3-1 and one in their last whatever games. They've won two straight games. They beat the Leafs. Yet we're still just holding on. We're just holding on that we're going to still win the lottery. You know, it's like, oh, dude, because we know that fixes the problems, right? Even though I said road to the fundamentals and, you know, I've been joking around, right? Practice habits over Connor Bedard. Practice habits over Connor Bedard, right? Real talk. It's all about those practice habits. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just. Well, I, I think that's the reason why I wanted to pitch this to you now because, yeah, you know, the Canucks have the second easiest schedule in the league remaining, and mm. they could continue to decline the standings and consequently drop in the draft lottery rankings. So, yeah, um, this kind of debate might be more far fetched in a couple weeks' time than it is right now. But For sure. um, if I'm going to make a pick between the two, I'm going with Adam Fantilli. Hey, would you, would you put money on it, though? Safer. Would you put, would you put money on it, though? You know what I'm saying, bro? If the Canucks are at, if the Canucks are at number two, I would put money on it. Okay. All um, right. Not that I feel overly confident about it, because I think Alvin has done some good scouting in the KHL. He obviously mm-hmm. scouted Kuzmenko for a long time. And I think the Canucks probably have a good idea what kind of player Mitchkov is. Um, it's hard, you know, there's not much, not many secrets around draft picks in that range. But, um, again, Fantilli is a number two center behind Pedersen, the guy could be a number one center. He projects as a number one center. Yeah. So if you can draft him and he's the number two center behind Pedersen, I, mean, I think you're laughing. Mm-hmm. There you go, man. Look at us, man. Just doing the homework, man. I think more and more as we do these episodes, we have to prepare for every single draft position, you know, and somehow garner some hope to each slot because I think for the first, what, 150 days of this season, 100, whatever, how many, how, however, however many days we've been, in this season, we've just been dreaming about Bedard. So it's good to, you know, talk other other prospects. Yeah, and uh, I think we're going to get away from the dreaming in, the, in our next segment and talk about, you know, two players who have really impressed of late and mm-hmm. two players who have been really impressive under Rick Tockett, and that is Dakota Joshua and Nils Amon. But before we talk about those two underdogs, Joshua and Amon, we need to tell you that the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook. 
because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. You know, my Portland Trailblazers, they are up against the Boston Celtics tonight, one of the best teams in the league. But they're on a two-game winning streak. They played some good basketball in the short term here, and I like their odds of keeping things close. They are plus 10 on the spread, and, and I'd be taking that. I'd be taking that. I think it's going to be a close game tonight. Again, novice NBA fan, but I think it's going to be a close <laughs> game. I uh, also want to let you know that FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Beautiful. Beautiful. Best of luck. Make some money and put some more bacon on the family's table. Let's talk about Dakota Joshua and Niels Oman, man, because I think even though they are towards the bottom of the lineup and, you know, just going on YouTube and, you know, they might not be the most marketable players to put in the thumbnail and whatnot. I think it is to note that this organization in the last 12 months has done a pretty damn good job. And we need the positivity right now. And we need the truth. And the truth is that, again, they've done a good job with their pro scouting. And the best part about this is they were able to get these guys at a cheaper rate. You know, they didn't go the betting route and, you know, dish out the biggest contract for the biggest bottom six guys. You know what I'm saying? In the offseason, they went the other route. They, they they trusted their pro scouting. And on top of that, they traded Curtis Lazar at the, at the deadline for a fourth-round pick. So they're just adjusting. They're adapting. They're not waiting around. They're making, they're making it a point that you have to be playing well in the bottom six. You don't have to be making a lot of money. And if you're not, doing well we're gonna ship you out it's not it's a revolving door and I think that Joshua and Oman their compete level is good and I just feel as if I'm really surprised in how do I say it because everyone knows they're playing well maybe above average it's just it's like they're hockey smarts you know there's they're just they're smart bottom six players that's what I'm seeing from afar yeah I don't think there's a lot of mistakes in their game Mm -hmm. They're, they're fairly safe hockey players overall and uh, even when some people were iffy on Dakota Joshua earlier in the year, I was I was pretty impressed by his awareness in the defensive zone. Um, I think Nils Oman has games a little bit quieter. Um, but yeah, with Joshua in particular, I've been really impressed with him. But I've been kind of surprised just with the opportunities they've been getting mm-hmm. uh, under Rick Tockett of late, you know? I mean, Nils Oman, his average ice time on the season is 12.21, but he's been averaging around 13 and a half minutes a game under... Uh, under Rick Tockett and Dakota Joshua was in that same territory. I mean, against Dallas on February 27th. So that was the second last game before the trade deadline. Um, Dakota Joshua played 18 minutes and the Nils Oman crested the 20 minute mark. I mean, again, these are fourth line guys. They shouldn't be playing that much. This is a depleted Canucks team. Um, but those guys have really shown something. And, and on the PK, especially, I know right now it's Patterson and Miller who are over the boards first right now for the most part. But in terms of looking at average ice time on the on the penalty kill under Rick Tockett, Dakota Josh was averaging the most ice time per game at four on five uh, for a minute and 41 per game. Uh, Pedersen and Oman are actually tied for second at a minute and 31. Mm. Now, um, the underlying numbers, Dakota Joshua and Nils Oman are actually better than the pairing of Pedersen and Miller. Pedersen and Miller's actually, their shot attempts against are, are brutal shorthanded. 
But I think there's just that offensive flair factor as well. And they're facing the tougher power play units being the first ones over the boards. But mm-hmm. um, I guess this is the long winded point of trying to, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, Joshua and Ahmed have been really, really good finds for this organization. Yeah. They're getting better as the year is going on. And I look at the Canucks front office and, you know, Cami Granato came in as a pro scout. She's now an assistant general manager. I imagine she has a big hand in pro scouting and, you know, the Canucks staff and probably Cami Granato in particular deserve a lot of credit because they've unearthed some good, some good bottom of the lineup gems. And I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, do you see Joshua and, and Oman as just, you know, they're just dudes or do you think they're long-term fits in the, mm. on the Canucks fourth line? That's a great question, man. That's a really great question. You know, is this, I'm, I'm not going to say like an outlier year, but are they going to get this same opportunity going into next season? And I think the safest thing to do is answering that question by saying yes. You know what I'm saying? Because Tockett is working with these guys, and for the second time, it's about practice habits. It's about fundamentals. It's not about the rebuild, right? It's not about top-tier picks. It's not about cap space. It's about the fundamentals and practice habits, and those two can fit the picture going into next season. It's just a safer bet, man. You know, that's, that's one thing that can help fix the issues in the bottom six is having a little bit of consistency down there too. And I know it's a harder spot in the lineup to really find that. And it is most, mostly a revolving door, especially when you're a bottom feeding team, but it'd be, it would be nice. Uh, do, do you think, do you think that though? Like it, let me ask a question. Is Dakota Joshua signed for two years? Is it like a one year deal? Yeah. Two years? Yeah, no, he's signed for this year and next year. Um, same I thing with Oman? The cap, the cap hit is eight hundred twenty-five thousand, and I think he makes eight hundred this year to eight fifty next year. Okay, but it's cool. eight hundred twenty-five thousand dollars this year and next. Cool. I think he can get better. Uh, and then man. he will be—he will he... be a UFA. He actually turns twenty-seven this year. Yeah. I so think... he's definitely not a young guy, but it's mm-hmm. really his first an NHL opportunity. And again, yeah. I think he's just ready for the moment. Bit of a late Me bloomer, too. but he's shown that he's ready for the moment. And same thing with Niels, man, because he got sent down. And then he came back up, and he's playing good hockey. So right there, you see that this dude's a pro. This dude's a pro. Yeah. And those yeah. are good signs. I, I don't want to say that Neil Amon looks like a completely different player since the recall. No. But he looks way more confident for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it was a nice story at the beginning of the season, but I was kind of wondering what he was doing in the lineup, for, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he goes down to the AHL, he's around a half point a game, he starts scoring some goals, and I think he comes up and he, he just looks more confident right now. Um, mm-hmm. He's playing some playing some bigger minutes, obviously, he's on the PK more, he's facing some stiffer competition, and he's actually putting up more points. I mean, this I was doing an article for Daily Hive on, on young centers, and we'll talk about that later this week, young centers that Canucks could target in the offseason, because that's, that's a bit of a fun topic. <laughs> But in particular, um, Niels Amon showed up on the list because he's a young guy. He's only 22, turning 23. Um, he has as many goals and only two fewer points than Rasmus Kupari, who was a first-round pick of the Kings a few seasons back. So you're talking about a guy that Canucks basically got for free, mm-hmm. right? He was an, an unsigned free agent from Colorado, sixth-round draft pick. And he comes in, and he's been able to lock down a fourth-line role. It's, it's really impressive, and he's doing stuff that, you know, first-round picks who are the same age as him are doing right now so just uh i think those guys deserve a big shout out for for what they've shown and you know the season still 20 games left i think they still have to have to prove that they can kill penalties and it'd be nice to see them face some stiffer competition in terms of top power play units as well nah for sure man and i know it's it's a lot to talk about these two guys and add 
where it's like, oh, these two are important to the future of this team and they're important to what's going to happen next season. I think this, the safer answer and the right answer is if one of these two guys pan out and is a consistent member of that bottom six moving forward, then it's a win. It's a win. If both of them do it, that's something else. That is something else. I will say this, though, too. I think there's a chance that both of them don't get that opportunity if the Canucks feel as if they need to add more speed into their lineup. And maybe one of those guys will get, like, I don't know, ousted out. Uh, okay, again, this is this is interesting. I know we got to go to break, but spend a little bit of time on this, okay? Does Jax Danica, is he, like, the odd man out, or is he still, like, a talkative favorite? Uh, yeah, so you're covering the game today. Maybe he gets in the lineup. Like, what do you want to see more from him? Yeah, I need I need Jack Stick need to fix Stanika to figure out what he is at the NHL level. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's pretty clear he's been the low man in terms of ice time yeah. when he's been in the lineup. Um, he kind of floats around. Sometimes he's top six, sometimes he's fourth line. Like, what is he at the NHL level? I, I think I don't think the Canucks really know, and and I don't know by watching him. He has flashes of brilliance, but other times he just looks absolutely lost out there. So, at least Dakota, Joshua, and Amon, you know what you're getting. I just don't think you know what you're getting from Jack Stanika right mm-hmm. now. So. Yeah, yeah, subtle flex. I guess I'm going to the game tonight. Most people won't be excited about a meaningless game between the Anaheim Ducks and the Vancouver Canucks, but uh, part-time media guy Begsy is going to be in the booth tonight. So, woot, woot. Uh, exciting times. I, I do want to talk about, uh, I, I'm going to call the segment, huh? <laughs> We're going to talk about uh, Guillaume Brisewell in our final segment here. But before we do this, Kyle, I know I've told you this week about, you know, I've been eating healthier. Um, I've been acting healthier since... Uh, you know, I was busy eating and drinking like a degenerate during my Bali vacation. And I think part of the reason I've been eating healthier is that I've been eating Built Bar. If you're like me, when you want to get healthier, but you want, don't want to compromise that great taste, then man, I got just the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, Built Bars are so delicious that you won't think they're good for you. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's mm-hmm. right, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Real chocolate. Mm-hmm. And they come in unbelievably good flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while, maintains, while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. You can order your favorite flavor of Built Bars today at Built.com. <laughs> Great job, man. The phone rings and you just kept it going, man. That's a that's a powerful, powerful podcast we got here, man. For real, for real, for real, man. <laughs> yeah, usually I remember to turn that on silent, but uh, you know, it's like like many other the hosts on the Lockdown Network, we got day jobs as well. But, but you know, our lead off the top of the show was underdogs, and, and you and I are underdogs in this market because I think we want to become the most successful Vancouver Canucks podcast out there. Wow. And maybe that's a big goal being a week into the job. That's but a, um, believe in us to get there, buddy. That's a big goal. And, you know, we're 22 minutes into this uh, recording. And we've we've talked about players that are not on the team. And we've talked about fourth liners. So we're just, we're on that path, you know, to being that podcast, you know, for real. And now we're going to talk about yeah, Guillaume Brisewell. Like, you know, one of the, the the 10th defensemen on this roster. But the dude who's, I don't know, I feel like this guy. You know what this guy seems like? He seems like he's going to be a guy. And he just signed a two-year deal with the Canucks. Uh, two-way in the first year, one-way in the second year. I feel like he's going to be a guy that when he's 34 years old, he's going to retire and he's going to become an assistant coach of the AHL team. Okay. I'm predicting it. He just seems as if he's going down that path for real. Yeah. He's uh he's definitely a humble dude. I, I had the chance to speak to him uh, when he was recalled earlier this season 
and, and I kind of asked, you know, I said, because he, he's been playing big minutes on the penalty kill when he's been up here. Like, he's averaged over two minutes a game on the penalty kill, which is just tops among Canucks defenders. So mm-hmm. he's getting those peak opportunities. Obviously, this organization knows he's a, a defense-first defenseman. And I asked him, like, you know, you've been up here. You've handled yourself well at the NHL level. Do you see yourself here uh, long term? And he was like, oh, I don't know. And he was, like, kind of, like, <laughs> acted all shy when I asked him that question. You know, it was, it was kind of funny. But so he's not definitely a guy who's, like, you know, boasting with bravado, but uh, just quietly gets the job done. Um, mm-hmm. I think in terms of how he maybe handles himself in the media, like a, a bit like a younger Chris Tanev in his day, who was pretty quiet in general before, mm-hmm. uh, before he started losing teeth and looking like the ultimate hockey player. But I, I was a bit surprised that there was a, uh, a one-way, uh, it was a one-way deal in the second year of the contract. And I'll, I'll ask you the question, is Guillaume Brisewell going to be a full-time NHL defenseman uh, during this contract? I wonder if that is happening, and this is this is an insane thing to say because you know we're talking about a an NHL franchise. You know they they're they're a successful business, and I don't know, I don't think they move like this because again they're a successful business. I think there's a chance that they did that to re- reward him. You know he's been he's been grinding it out for this organization, whether it be in the AHL, the NHL, he's, he's doing his thing. He's showing up, like he's a pro's pro, you know, and that's, that's a little kicker in the deal, you know, sign with us for two years, be this journeyman and we'll call you up when we need you. And boom, we'll give you a, a one-way deal on the second go around. I don't think the Canucks are banking on him being even the seventh defenseman. I think it was just a, a little reward for real. You know, maybe, come on, man, come on, you know, maybe it's not, it's not all bad out there, you know, from the people at the top. Maybe they're not, you know, maybe Aqua, he's got a little bit of kindness in him. He's like, you know what, this guy's been doing a lot, wearing the blue and green, wearing my blue and green, and now he's going to sign for two years. Might as well just throw in that little, that little second year as like a little bonus. But again, I don't think he's in the plans. I don't think he's in the plans plans, you know, he, he just, he just got it. And don't you think he deserved it, man? Underdog story, you know, doing his thing. He's been around forever. He's seen the tweets, man. He's seen he's seen the noise, you know. Nobody really cares about this guy. That he goes there. He's a pro's pro. He's always signing back with the Canucks. And this year, he's gotten some accolades from the coaching staff and he gets rewarded. So it's it's like, you know, it's the, the human element is nice, bro. It's nice. Congratulations. Cause I heard he's making three hundred grand in the AHL next year. And then obviously when it kicks in, he's on a one way well, one way deal in the, the second year of that deal. He'll be making the league minimum, which is seven hundred fifty. You know, that's congratulations, buddy. Congratulations. Yeah, exactly. And uh, um, I, I believe the league minimum then will be seven seventy five because that's actually what he's making in terms of his AAV. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, three hundred seventy five dollars. Three hundred seventy five thousand dollars. <laughs> this isn't the ECHL. He's making a bit more than that, but three hundred seventy five thousand dollars to play in the minors next year. Yeah, dude. Good um, for him. I, I, I will throw this out, and this is going to sound like an overreaction, but you know, one of the topics I do want to hit on, hopefully later this week, if not next week, is I've kind of done a bit of a deep dive into Philip Peronik and mm-hmm. you know what I like about his game and what I think the Canucks need to do to make him be successful. And one of them is he needs to play with a defensive-minded defenseman. And the Canucks just don't have that on the roster right now. Like, OEL is not that guy. Quinn Hughes makes everyone better, but you know what's the Canucks defense going to look like if you pair Hughes and Peronik together? Guillaume Brizois fits that mold. Oh, I'm not going to say that he's the top bro. Get out of here, bro. I will throw this keyboard out the window if they just <laughs> traded the Islanders' first-round pick and a second-round pick for a dude who's not cost-controlled for a long time just to play him 
with Guillaume Brisewa. That's not happening, bro. I'm sorry, Brisewa. You know, again, I'm, I just showed you a I'm lot of love. That's saying, not happening, bro. It's not happening. Don't even bring that. Come I'm, on, I'm man. I'm just saying, I'm not saying that guy's Brisewa, but that is the <laughs> type of defenseman that needs to play with Phil Peronik. Not, not saying it's Brisewa, but, you know, maybe it will be, man. Maybe it will be. Who knows? Yeah, you're, you're saying like that safe player, that safe player. Then there's that other, that, there's that other uh, thing where it's like, why don't you just load it up and have one of the best pairs in hockey? That's a dangerous thing, I though, man. I just played them 40 minutes tonight because the rest of your defense sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I think Oliver ekman Larson has to just – he just has to – like, he's got to train with, like, an Olympic Olympic fitness coach or something. I'm not saying he's out of shape, but he just needs to elevate. He needs to elevate his conditioning so he can gain a step, and that might be impossible for a guy that's played a lot of games. He's been injured, and he's in his 30s. But that's the type of miracle the Canucks need if they want Oliver ekman Larson to improve or it's like take a step back you can't like you can't ask a guy to get smarter you know what i'm saying because you know he is what he is but play a more subtle game and use your mind to use your mind to make up for the gaps that you give when defending and something has to change i guess what i'm trying to say is he can he cannot continue playing the same way he can't he can't and maybe we shouldn't even care about it because there is a chance that he gets bought out at the end of the season so that's oh, crazy, yeah. man. Yep. Look at us. Number one podcast. Well, we want to be the number one Vancouver podcast, Vancouver Canucks podcast. And we just did a whole episode talking about guys that are not on the team and fourth liners and eighth defensemen. Like, come on, man. Like, like this is premium stuff right here. Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs, man. Yeah, that's how I, we got locked on Canuck five days a week. Uh, <laughs> if we just talk about Hughes and Patterson every episode, <laughs> I think it's going to be, it's, I'm going to be bored, to be honest with you. No, no, 100%. Um, but we didn't do that today, which is mm-hmm. why locked on Canucks is, is a must listen show. I listen to it too because I have an ego and I like listen to my own voice. And I even like listen to Kyle's voice, believe Thank it or you, not. Man. Thank you. Oh, one guy said that too, dude. I want to dedicate the show to that guy. I forgot his name. Let, let's get the name before we uh, before we get out of here, okay? Because he deserves it, okay? He deserves it again. Locked on Canucks. Make it your Canucks listen every day because why not? And I do want to give a shout out to the fans because we're nothing without the fans, man. We're nothing without the fans. And this dude, what's his name? Too lit to quit, okay? He said he likes Kyle's voice, and he asked you a question about Bali. Too lit to quit. This episode was dedicated to you. The episode about fourth liners and eighth defensemen, that episode was dedicated to you, man. (laughs) Yeah, enjoy your time in Bali. Too lit to quit. Uh, We want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen today. Now make your second listen game to game. Locked On NHL. Every moment, every performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across Locked On NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on Audacity, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Kyle? Yeah. I'll miss you, man. Until next time. I'll miss you, too. And if you got through that whole thing, I know there's a lot of lagging going on there. We apologize. But, yo, it's the Wi-Fi, man. It's the Wi-Fi. The audio's good. I know Trevor and I might have froze up a couple times. Something's going on. Something's going on, okay? It is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. Have a good one. Peace. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.